Welcome back to the podcast. This episode is a finals week one review. We go over all four games of the weekend. What an absolutely fantastic weekend of football it was. Hope you enjoy the episode. It was supposed to be a quick one, but obviously so much action. And I got for a little bit longer than we wanted to. But again, it was a Facebook and YouTube live show. So if you do want to get involved in the future, make sure you give both of those channels a like and subscribe so you get notifications. Enjoy the episode. Alrighty, here we go. It's an absolute special. We did promise you at the start of finals week that we'd have a lot more content for you guys. We're going to deliver. Uh, we're doing our first ever review show. We're going to actually do this as the podcast that the boys uh, been at the game today. They're still pumped up and they go, no, we've got to go live for this one. We've got to make sure we go, we go ahead we're and do it live. Hang on, hang on. I'm so, not pumped up. I'm not pumped up. I was, uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, to, to be at that game and to be at that atmosphere, it would have been hard to not be at least into it. It was just like the game itself was just rugby league personified for mine and um, just an amazing game to watch at TV. I would have hate to have seen. Oh, I'm jealous of, of what it was like actually being there. So, uh, look, we're going to go quickly just through the games, probably go for about 20, 30 minutes. So I won't go for too long. So if you do have comments or want to get involved, make sure you're getting quick and um, don't don't hesitate. More that get involved, the better. But finals week one footy, uh, how good. We've got to go all the way back, boys. I know there's um, a lot that's happened uh, today, but we're going to try and push our minds back to Friday night. Uh, the Brisbane Broncos, far too for the Melbourne Storm. Um, I thought it was a great round performance from the Brisbane Broncos and um, before we get to talk about uh, Saturday's games I thought the Broncos really flex their muscles and just showed that they're a step above a lot of these teams in these this final series and uh, there may be one or two that can might be able to go with them but players like Walsh, Carrigan, um, the list goes on, Reynolds was was fantastic, Haas as well. I'll go to you Adam first, what did you make of the Friday game? Yeah, I, I thought Melbourne average. Um, I'll start out first of all. I thought it was a very un-Melbourne performance and a very un-Melbourne finals performance to say that as well. Um, we know they're usually a team that can get up to finals. They very rarely have a bad finals game. I think the last time they did was 2019. Um, they struggled in week one. Obviously, last year they got beat as well. But to be, you know, in that top four, um, I think it was a bit of genius by Brisbane as well. I just want to highlight the week before. Brisbane rested players against Melbourne giving them the opportunity to play Melbourne again. I know Melbourne rested players too, but the fact that they obviously got to see a bit of a game plan, went in a bit of confidence against um, Melbourne. I'm saying Melbourne went in a bit of confidence against Brisbane. Brisbane has come out and just wiped them away. Um, I thought, look, I had Brisbane to go out in straight sets, um, <laughs> so that's obviously not going to happen. So I was wrong. Um, I'm, it's a hard one now. I want to say Melbourne could do that now with the injury toll, but... What I will say is Melbourne are a very hard team to obviously play in Melbourne in week two of the finals. And I speak from experience. It doesn't always end well for your team. No, it doesn't at all. Jez, what do you make of uh, your first thoughts of the Friday game? Um, Brisbane just bashed them, absolutely bashed them. Every contest, every every tackle, every hit up, Brisbane just seemed to have 20 kilos on the bloke. Uh, obviously, our thoughts go out to Ryan Pappenhausen. The game just stopped. Uh, when that happened, and even the you could see every single fan that is a rugby league fan stopped in their tracks as well. It's just so unfortunate for that to happen, but it, in a way, it kind of summed up Melbourne's night. They were they got they got bashed. Yeah, yeah, they, they yeah. did. And, and the thing that 
gets to me as well. I want to. What was that? You're a bit glitchy. You just you're popping in now. I don't know. It's your turn. You might week. be. You might be overseas. Oh, it's your turn. That delay. <laughs> I don't know what's. I don't know what's just going on. But hopefully, right. it kicks it's into right. here. Sun, I don't know what to hear. It's well, Sunday night. Everyone's, everyone's had a big weekend. No one's going to notice yeah. a glitchy girl. And no, Andrew, my heart nah, is not okay. Right. No, I was shaking. Continue, still Joel. recovering from it. But, yeah, as you said, I, and, and I was interested in the whole Ryan Pappenhausen thing. And I personally thought um, if he didn't start, come on after about 20 minutes or so, and basically they, they needed him the way the storm were going. They needed someone to really kick him into gear. And as you said, Jez, it was so unfortunate to just to see him go down. And in a way, like – the dust has settled and I sort of feel like that's Melbourne Storm's finals campaign done as well because they need him uh, more than ever to get that X factor. Because I think we saw once again on the weekend was Munster basically was non-existent for mine. I was pretty critical of him throughout the year and said he's been quite not, not himself and it's not the Munster we've known and, and like to watch and, and rise to the big stage. And I just thought... I know a lot of people said that they were bash out of the game and things like that, which which they were. Bron- the Broncos played it at another level, and I don't think many teams have played at that level all year. But the fact that they didn't have any of this sort of the X factor, Munster didn't step up and not just provide something with the ball in hand, but he always does something off the ball as well. He's always there with the energy and pumping his teammates up, and he just hasn't seemed to have that energy at the moment. I, I am concerned, as Adam pointed out, that Adam uh, the the Melbourne Storm will actually be bundled out um, next week. But they're, they're, they're fortunate that they're going to be versed in a rooster side that's quite down on truths themselves. So, um, Adam, is, is there hope for the Storm? Can they turn this around with the quality of players that they have? I look at it and I think the amount of footy that a lot of their players have played over the last year or two is probably starting to catch up to them a bit. Yeah, look, we obviously spoke about that with some other teams as well, but... The biggest thing for me with Melbourne is you can never count them out. Um, you know, they're well, I've got a lot of hated clubs, as we know. But they're up there with <laughs> they're up there with my most hated club, um, given the obviously cheating history and things that happened over the years and the fact we kept getting bundled out in there. But the coach they have and the obviously the champion of players they have, like, you know, look back at Origin in what year was it? It was one of the years where Munster just absolutely stepped up and cast to pieces. And they were given no chance, really. They said they, they had no chance of winning it, and Munster obviously cast to pieces. So Munster's been poor this year. Um, they've also got injuries. So look, Pappenhausen, although it's a sad loss, um, and like I said, we all feel that, it's not a huge loss for them um, because they haven't played with him all year. It's not like he'd been there all year. Um, and given the fact that obviously the spine they've got going forward will still remain the same. They've used all year. It's probably a bit better for them. Um, I think Meany underperformed a bit once Pappenhausen come back, getting thrown around and, the fact Pappenhausen was playing in the middle, obviously threw off their forward rotation as well. So I don't know. I think if there's ever a time to beat Melbourne in Melbourne for a team, this is it. Uh, momentum is a funny thing in footy, as I constantly said to so the Roosters, are a chance, but you'd never go down there confident, would you? No. Honestly, after watching that as well, I think the Broncos for mine are the premiership favourites. It's a big call to, to make. I just like what they've got overall on the football field. I know there's Penrith lurking in the background and you can never count them out, but I've got the Broncos right up there now. Chez, am I wrong for saying I feel like the, the Broncos are the new team to beat? No, you're absolutely right. The way that they performed against Melbourne, but even just the season leading up to it, like Adam talks about momentum, but also it's the systems that are in place. And when you have a look at their team, they've consistently put the same team on the field. 
and the games that they are putting together, it's it's really convincing. So especially after that performance and the way the intensity that they came out, if they bring that for the rest of the final series, they win it. No, no question about it. The way that they played, the intensity, and I, I keep going on about the collisions, but you could hear it through the television. They were bashing those blokes. So, you know, it's they're definitely the, the team to beat at the moment for sure. Let's be honest, you can't, as Adam said, you can't write Melbourne off. You can't write yeah. Melbourne off, especially in Melbourne. Um, coming up a, a Roosters team who have not, like, yes, they have the momentum, but when you think about their season, you, you wouldn't back them. Um, and I know that Melbourne have had their, their injuries, the, the Pappenhausen thing is going to hit them, but you'd also like to think they're going to get a rocket sent up them this week and they're going to come out firing in the home crowd. Yeah. The thing with the thing with that side of the draw is you know, I think it's a making up the numbers, to be honest. Um, I don't think Melbourne with the injuries and the way they're playing or the Roosters who have pretty much been had to be up and playing final football, I don't think either of them beat Penrith. So for me now, it's who plays Penrith in the grand final. Um, and look, I think the Warriors will get the job done next week just because of the New Zealand factor. But I don't know if the Warriors can beat Brisbane in Brisbane after a well-rested Brisbane as well. So... I think our top two could finally be our grand final for the first time in a long time. Yeah, I think you're right. Just quickly touching on what Andrew just talked about with the Harry Green incident and Paddy Har- Carrigan, and it was it was obviously it was nothing, so funny. <laughs> it was it was a nothing incident, but for mine, it, what it meant it was the Broncos actually finally standing up to the storm. We all heard about the hoodoo um, going into the game and how they just can't beat Melbourne at Suncorp. It was like one of those moments where they just gone. You know what? They've obviously pre-planned that as well. I reckon as soon as someone was niggly to them, they were all just going to stop because it wasn't just one. It felt like the whole team was in there within about two or three seconds. And it was like, no, hang on, Melbourne. You're not going to do this to us again. We're, we're going to step up here now. It's out on our terms. It's, it's our game and things like that. So I really, really like that. As I said, I really like the Broncos. And I think Reynolds, don't sleep on Reynolds. I think a lot of people have forgotten about him and how good he is at controlling a game. And he's the perfect foil for that Brisbane side. And we saw little things like that drop out. He got back for the Broncos against um, the Storm was just so good. But let's talk about the other team that is obviously the the other team to beat as well. And it's probably a 50-50 split at the moment with who people think will win the comp. And that Penrith Panthers, they dismantled the Warriors 32-6. In a weird way, I actually think that Warriors can hold their heads up from this one. I just feel like with the possession and the balls that the Panthers had, they really did quite well defensively. I know that sounds silly to say after they conceded 32 points, but I thought that scoreline could have got really, really ugly with the way Penrith started that game. And against a lot of teams, it probably would have ended up 50-plus. And the fact that they were able to to manage it, I thought was a really good um, sign for the Warriors moving forward. I don't think they're done for yet, but... Um, yeah, now that they don't have to spend it again until the grand final might be their advantage. But, Jez, what did you make of uh, – we'll leave the token Waz fan out first. We'll go to him after this <laughs> one. But um, what, what did you make of the Penrith Panthers? Yeah, what, watching that game, um, you're right. I, I don't think the scoreline reflected the, the flow of the game. I thought the Warriors were still very competitive. Their forwards were great. Um, Jackson Ford, I thought, had a really – really impactful game, Aiden Fenua Blake as well. So it is going to be a really fantastic game next week. So Knights Warriors over in New Zealand, I don't see them putting up that performance again, uh, coming up against a very informed Knights looking for 11 in a row, but also being over in New Zealand, having that home crown advantage. It's, it's really what gets teams over the line, especially this late in the season. So 
no, the, the scoreline didn't really reflect the game. Um, and I don't think we've seen the, the last of the Warriors, that's for sure. No, yeah, I, I think you're right as well there. Um, adds, yeah, the, right. the, Which is hard to say, wearing a night shirt after watching the Knights do that today. <laughs> yeah. And, and the thing is, I know that they were without Sean Johnson, but I don't think he would have helped too much because the first two or three tries that Penrith got were off mistakes by the Warriors. So they sort of shot themselves in the foot there for a bit and, and helped the Penrith Panthers get on the front foot, which we all know, don't let Penrith get on the front foot. So adds. Mm. Yeah, look, I didn't see a lot of the game. Um, I was at the local footy watching the crowd belt the crap out of each other. But what I did <laughs> see um, was a very, I'd say a frustrated Warriors team. Look, let's be honest. Like, I know you said it doesn't make much of a difference, but Sean Johnson's probably going to win the Dally M, uh, which means he'll be the halfback of the year. He's obviously got the Warriors player of the year in all our votes and the actual votes that matter in the Warriors club. So <laughs> taking him out of the team, they're a different team. Um, they're kicking game, obviously, and, you know, this, the control and experience to run the team around. Actually, I think Penrith were that good, um, what I've seen. I don't think they actually played that good a game. I think it's funny. You're, everyone always bags out Luai and says that Luai's only there because of Cleary. And, you know, it'd be nothing without Cleary. But I think Cleary is really missing Luai. Um, I think, obviously, Jack Cogger, massive night signing for next year. Um, he's, you know, I love Jack, but he, he's that kind of feeling first grade player. And that's I was going to say, if Luai is a backup singer, what's Jack Cogger? He's um, the choir in the background. Yeah. So, <laughs> but he's doing harmonies. Um, like, look, I think, you know, we spoke about Luai, what, weeks ago, about what he's worth and all that kind of stuff for clubs. I think his value's gone up the way that the Panthers are actually playing without him. But I don't think they're that impressive. They look a bit clunky. Um, and I said it's kind of more just the fact that the Warriors will just place the triangle. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't even give him a base. I had to give him a triangle. Um, yeah, for, for me, like I said, Penrith, yeah, obviously they have the week off. Um, like I said, they're on the easy side of the draw as I see it. But the Warriors aren't done yet. The Warriors will win next week and they'll book a prelim final against um, Brisbane. And I'm saying that not on the fact I hate the Knights. I'm saying on the fact that I saw something at Newcastle, and I'll talk about it a bit later. Um, I saw an atmosphere at Newcastle, and mm. it's – Probably only about what ten weeks ago, Jeremy was sitting there at the Knights game. I can't remember who they were playing. I think it was the Tigers or someone shit. And I said, I remember coming to this place as a Parramatta fan and hating being here every time the chant went up. The atmosphere, the you know what it did and how it got the crowd up. I said, it just doesn't happen anymore because the Knights have sucked for so long. It's like the fans have given up. They've gone this run. The atmosphere was incredible today. Yeah, Newcastle have to go from that where a lot of stuff went their way. uh, Obviously, besides someone biting someone. But and the crowd got them home. Um, the crowd did get them home. They've got to go across to New Zealand, where it's going to be the exact same for the Warriors. They've gone from a game at Penrith, where there obviously wasn't that many Warriors there, based on the Penrith members and being at Penrith. They now go to either Mount Smart or Eden Park, where there's going to be well, either twenty four and a half thousand um, Warriors fans or forty nine and a half thousand Warriors fans, depending where they play the game. Yeah. Mm. And they're going to be a very hard team to beat with the whole country behind them. Um, Hypothetical. Know, so. Hypothetical. Say the Knights do win over in New Zealand, are they premiership contenders? Well, anyone that beats anyone and gets a prelim is. They've got one in four chance, but... No, but in saying that, like, if they go over to New Zealand and they beat them in New Zealand, mm-hmm. are they a genuine premiership contender? My, my worry is, and I had 
I had the Knights, honestly, Jez, before the final started. They were my in my rankings, they were third in the power rankings for mine going into the finals. I actually had them above teams like the Storm, who I know you guys are still going, you can't write them off, but I've actually written the Storm off. I've wrote them off a few weeks ago. I haven't liked the way they're playing their footy for a lot of this year. I do that I for karma, though, Joel. I don't, I don't world, want to so. upset the status quo. <laughs> yeah. I yeah, no, don't. That's all right. What I was worried about, the only thing I was worried about today was the fact that you've got to verse a Raiders side missing their two key big men, and I saw mm. him still get over you guys, especially early on in the middle. And for mine, that should have been your bread and butter, I guess, for, for like players like Adam Elliott and stuff like that. That should have just been them smashing them. But the fact that you sort of let them stay in the game, like oh, it was a finals game. Obviously, it was going to be a lot closer, and everyone was saying, yeah, they'll smash them by 20. It was never going to be the case. Finals, elimination games are always different, but I just would have liked you guys to probably put that game away a bit earlier than you actually did in the end um, and not yep. go to the extra time <laughs> and things like that. So yep. I still think if you can go over there and win it, that is huge. But then as you both just count on, that's going to be now two weeks in a row of massive games going back mm. to back. And you got to do it again, going up to Suncorp Stadium and and getting that done. So, yeah, it's tough. I'll tough. highlight more of my thoughts on the Knights game. I was going to talk about that, but what I will say is I'll stick to what I said at the start of the finals. I don't think any team this year can win the comp from outside the top four, just for the fact of where they've got to play and the travel. Yeah, like travel. you know, we've got a Roosters team now going to Melbourne. And then they're going to have to come up here and play Penrith. We don't know where that game is going to be. Will it be at Penrith? Will it be at Combeck? Obviously, there's Chalmers. It won't be at Allianz. It could be at a call. But look at the night side of it. Obviously, with them contenders, to go from Newcastle to New, New Zealand, Zealand Brisbane. Brisbane, it's just, it's a nightmare. It's a nightmare for any team. I'd be saying that if it was my team as well. In saying that, we were given no chance last year to go to Townsville and beat you know, the Cowboys in Townsville. But we had a home game the week before, which kind of helped as well. So. Oh, that's a high one, but I guess we'll talk Time about it. Time will tell. Yeah. 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 Uh, let's talk about the first elimination game. So the Cronulla Sharks are gone. We, we always like to, to bring back the gone when, when we can. Um, the, I don't know. Honestly, we were talking about a team that how did they lose that? Honestly, how the hell the Sharks <laughs> lost that? Is probably down to the fact of what we have spoken about with the Sharks in previous episodes and things like that. It all came back to bottom. All at once, and the Roosters were down two of their best players completely off the field for half of the game. Then Tedesco was gone for ten minutes. You know, Sinbin he didn't even need to make the tackle because the bloke right behind him was onside and was literally about to make the tackle anyway. So it was a it moment was so of stupidity. Good. I think when, when it first happened, he would have been shooting himself in the foot, going, "What have I just done?" Like absolutely g up. But um, yeah, the Roosters are going, are still going. That the, the form is. Said it at the before this game that form would probably be the thing that got the Roosters home, and the fact they just know how to win at the moment. The Roosters is what's getting them done, and I know they're going to be without a few few plays for this Melbourne game. But as I said, Melbourne designed Melbourne for mine. I actually do give the Roosters a shot. Um, Hines, we, we can talk about it all until we, but I'll get you your thoughts first on these one. This game, boys, Adam, Sharks gone, Roosters survive, one point in it, field goals by Sammy Walker. I love seeing Sam Walker, as I said the week before, obviously going well. Um, I had the Roosters win this game. It was my prediction. I thought they'd win this game. I never saw Cronulla as a premiership threat. Um, I think they were lucky to get there playing some teams at the right time of year. 
and a bit of an easier run as well. So, look, I hate the Roosters as well. Um, probably don't hate them as much as other teams, but it's, it, I, like I said, it's momentum. They got the job done. They've obviously got a lot of strike in their team. Let's be honest, I, I saw bits of this game. Um, I was kind of watching tries and stuff in the end, but I was a little bit occupied last night and just decided to kind of have it on there in the background watching it at the pub. So, But for me, I think you're right. Well, we'll talk about Hines. We're going to talk about Hines. Cronulla need to make some hard choices. Um, you know, I don't think he's a half. I think he's a fullback. It could be a 5'8 if they play him like a fullback, but... Yeah, like I said, that's what that's finals. They didn't they went out in straight sets last year. They've gone out again. Um, you know, we got Dalian Player of the Year, but a lot of that comes back on your halfback and your controlling player. Yeah, Jez, thoughts on this one before we get stuck into the the Sharks and the changes I think they need to make. Yeah, it was. Um, I don't know. I found it a hard game to watch. I think out of all the ones this weekend, this is the one that I scrolled on my phone the most. Um, yeah. I don't know. The there was no atmosphere. I know it was at Shark Park, but it was a construction site and that in itself uh is just a, a mockery to the game uh hey, you, you turned around the... you, you you turned around from last week last week you liked it yeah, yeah but then i watched it and i went this sucks <laughs> like, <laughs> and then i don't know just nico hines he's not a half uh the sharks are missing that x-factor player and he can be. He's just not in the right position, which we'll probably go on about for the next five minutes. It's nice to see Sam Walker um, ice a game, as I think he did it. Did he do it last year in a prelim? Not yeah, a prelim, but I think he did it last year in the semis. He iced game. the game for them. So it's yeah. Look, as I said, out of the out of the games this weekend, this is the one that I found just a little bit boring. But good on the Roosters. Look, there's a couple of comments in here about the Sharks and, and decision-making costume and things like that, and it goes to the point where I want to make, and there's this comments come in for and against already because I know we're about to talk about him and Nico Hines. Um, they've obviously seen posts that I've personally made over the few weeks and that as well about him, and we've talked openly about it a number of times. It's not the fact that we don't rate Nico Hines. Did, did he, did he no, no, I, 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 I <laughs> I, I really like Nico Hines and I he like him as a player, me. but my thing is yeah. Yeah. I like him as a person. I think he's great. He was better than me at football. Yeah. <laughs> my, my problem with Nico is Sharks last night. Honestly, we're trying to talk you're some footy. We've got to get through this quickly and you want to just talk. Like, let's, how many drinks did you have today? I drove. I haven't, had, I haven't touched a thing. We're yeah, on the dry right, hill. Yeah. Thank you very much. We were on the dry it's hill. Just that, that natural was energy is just coming through. Still. <laughs> but look, the point I want to say is this: the Sharks needed not just not the X factor. I think they needed a genuine organising player there, playmaker. And now two years in a row in key finals games, it hasn't happened for them, and they haven't been able to get it done when they should have. And they've got a hor- an absolutely abysmal record the last probably two years against top eight sides. That wouldn't be there if they had someone like an Adam Reynolds there or, or that sort of a halfback. Even someone mentioned like Jamal Fogarty would be perfect um, for Nico Hines to run off, whether it's 5'8 or fullback. I just want to see him get away from the seven jersey because he's not that natural organiser. He's come through his junior career without playing 5'8 or fullback in the back line, things like that. He's just never been that actual proper halfback and 
it's no fault of Nico. As I just said, I think he's on his day is one of the best players in the game and one of the best players to watch. There's no denying that. But the Sharks need that extra organiser who's literally going to be getting in from point A to point B. Like we saw last night when they're on the line with the minute to go with Tedesco still in the sin bin, if they went left to Nico's side, they probably scored. They would have easily probably got the overlap, off they go score, but the hooker went the other way. If that wasn't Adam Reynolds sitting there yelling for the ball, I guarantee you the hooker passes him the ball. There's just some stuff going on there that he obviously doesn't have the calls and that properly, but it's not just it's not that. that. I don't think Talakai is in the center either. I think Talakai needs to go to the bench and become a forward rotation. I and I think the forward pack, yeah, the forward pack at the Sharks for mine are all too similar of a style of player. They've all just seemed like they're, they're a clone of each other. They need to mix some things up there. It just feels like something's missing at the Sharks. I, too much, too much weight on Nico Hines' shoulders, I think, Correct. as well. Like, yeah. there's, they've yeah. put the whole club on him to to make sure that they do well. And that's just so much pressure when you haven't got the blokes around you. Like, that's, that's such a big ask. Sorry, Adam. It's, it's the pressure of that. It's, like I said, it's a pressure, yes, but it's also the fact that he's their big signing. He got the Dalian player of the year last year. So the fact they've kept the seven jersey on him, it doesn't matter if he wears a seven, the six, the one. If he's going to be involved in the halves and their set plays in any way, they're going to expect him to do stuff based on what he did last year and the fact that he is the best player in the game last year. So for me, it would make a difference if Nico wore six and Trindle wore seven. Trindle's never going to get control of that team unless it's something they go work on in the offseason. So yeah. simple as this. They need a sign a half to come in who is well-known at controlling a team. And look, there probably isn't that many around. Um, you know, like off the top of my head, the only controlling halves I can think of are Reynolds, Cleary, Moses, and Cherry Evans. Like look at the other halves, like other halves in the teams, like Munster controls Melbourne. He's a 5'8". Uh, obviously, they kind of share that pretty well. You go through all your other teams, it's pretty evenly split. So if they're not going to do that, they really need to turn around, obviously, and work in that off-season about control of the team. And we've seen other teams have this issue. We've seen other yeah. teams have this issue in the fact that um, well, look at the Roosters. The reason the Roosters struggled last year and this year is because they couldn't find the balance with Sam Walker and Luke Geary. They seem to have found it now. So it could take time for Cronulla. Um, I don't think they'll move Nick out of fullback because Will Kennedy is a pretty good fullback. I think he'll play 5-8. Yeah. Trindle plays 7. And even if he doesn't, if he stays at 7 and Trindle stays at 6, then they just need to find that control and work out who's actually running the team. And if they're doing it together, then obviously they need to find the balance and get it perfect. Or they'll just keep bombing out like they are. Yep, I think you're smacking on the head right there. And let's talk about, obviously, the game today. Obviously, it's the one that Jez wants to talk about the most. And can, we, can we show the, the video first? Can we show the video? We, yeah, yeah. Let, let's yeah. Show, the, show the video. <laughs> obviously, <laughs> everyone knows so far, Jez's real gripe with his club this year has been the goal-kicking factor. And you probably <laughs> bet your bottom dollar he was absolutely chuffed with today's efforts. This is the highlight of the game. Um, first of all, Jeremy didn't know what I was filming. Jeremy thought I was filming the cheerleaders, which is just, you know. <laughs> I warned him. I was like, the people behind you can see your screen, you know. <laughs> I was like, I'm not filming that, Jeremy. So if we just push play, we see Cam Ponga now one from the sideline. About time. And this is probably the biggest clap that Jeremy did all day because he now one from the sideline. <laughs> now, he, he now the first one from the sideline as well. And he went absolutely <laughs> off on that one as well. So I had to pull the camera out. So obviously, you know, that, that was that was the highlight. I looked the Knights won a game by a goal kick, Jeremy, so you've got to be happy. 
Mate, if we, if he didn't yep. kick them, we we lose. Simple as that. I think honestly, there was, there was times of this game when I was sitting there watching. I thought we'd still be watching this game right now. So I'm glad it's, it's over with. I'm actually glad for the players' sake. It's done in the fans' sake because I could have put myself in your shoes, just and you would have been on the edge of your seat the whole time, or at the edge of the hill where you were. So, uh, what do you make your team? Let's. You can have the the floor here. What you make of the Knights? It's obviously a great victory. Yeah, look, another sellout crowd. Uh, it was lovely. Like I had my mum and my dad there, and my older sister and her her young fella. Then two mates sitting beside me. One um, one passionate Knights fan. The other a reluctant uh, participant in the day, but was going <laughs> for the referees. No, it was just the crowd itself and the atmosphere. Well, As Adam was- spoke about before, the the Newcastle chant going up for defensive things. So our our, our defence, especially in that first half, because Canberra were bashing us. They were all over us. They pinned us down in our house. We couldn't get a kick out. And the best thing that happened to the Knights was halftime because we, we, were, we were in all sorts. We were scrambling. Um, two of their tries came from errors. So it was the, the knock-on from Gagai, which I just watched the Matty John show, and they gave, like Sam Burgess gave him a big rap. Uh, they obviously didn't watch the whole game because he was full of errors. He did. He yeah. did. Did he did some hard yards out of um, out of their own half, but he had a shocker. And then the other one was from the short dropout, which surprise, surprise, we didn't do again because they're rubbish. Then the, the half time comes, and we finally decided to play play football. So we can thank Jack Whiten or Jack Byton uh, for firing up the crowd because the crowd were taken out of it. The way that Canberra yeah. pinned us down in our half, the crowd were taken out of the game. Jack White and Bites uh, gamble on the arm, only gets put on report, which, you know, it's you've seen we'll send-offs to. for that before. <laughs> um, but then what that did was brought the 30,000 people that were there back into the game. We score three in a row, and that was electric. It was a bit sad towards the end there that we – it was either just laziness or they're the worries that you, you're looking at for next week. We conceded a few tries towards the end, but, man, my heart rate, as Adam can – happily contest like it was i was shaking i was shaking not just because i was cold but because of that finish it was wow yeah well you can't sell out as adam pointed out last year last week police actually cap it anyway it was fantastic sorry because yeah. i've got some Go added you there me and Jeremy already had a debrief on the way home. I was stuck in frigging traffic. It doesn't happen when you go to Jets games. So I just put that out there. <laughs> Newcastle bandwagon in full swing. Um, give me a Jets game anytime. But look, Newcastle is a shit team. Um, I mean that. And I've said this to Jeremy as well. Like their 5'8 is a reserve grader. Their halfback's a Super League player. And their hooker's a 5'8 player in their position. Um, the problem Newcastle did was the first half of the game. They went back to playing the style for the first. They played for the first thirteen rounds of the year, where they were a shit team. Um, after round fourteen or whatever it was, Ponga started playing well. Um, they started playing a bit more entertaining football, a bit more upbeat football, and got on the back of some momentum and went on with it. They reminded me a lot of Parramatta into the two thousand nine grand final. They went out and tried to play structured football, and it just didn't work for them. Canberra, if Canberra were any good, the game would have been over at halftime. Um, they could have put 30 on Newcastle because Newcastle were just ordinary. Uh, the fact they didn't, they got a couple of lucky, tinny, what they call tinny kind of tries. Um, 
just kind of shows where Canberra was one. I think Canberra really deserved to be there. Um, no, they didn't. It's hard. No. Canberra, Canberra probably the better team for 60 minutes with their aggression. They got up and absolutely smacked the crap out of Newcastle, but they just couldn't ice their opportunities. And once Newcastle got themselves a bit more in the game, Canberra just kind of didn't seem to have much. Like a bit of razzle-dazzle at the end, obviously forced it extra time. But even their field goal setup was disgraceful. Like, you know, I would have loved nothing more than to see Hungry Jack uh, whack over a field goal at the end there because he's, well, I know he would have given it the crowd. This would have set the crowd <laughs> off. would have been great for a neutral. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I don't know. Like like Jeremy said, like Newcastle were gone. The crowd was dead. Um, it was quiet as nothing was really happening. And all of a sudden the biting incident happened, which look, I've watched it back. I've seen a couple of photos. Oh, I think hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Don't go we're to go it. We're getting to it. We're getting, we're getting to, okay. to it. We're getting to we're it. Getting to so it. Okay. debrief, yeah. debrief first, then getting to the big you've, talk. Right. Of obviously, you've got to, Adam. You've got to shout out because you're saying it the whole game. The ex Newcastle players that were playing for Canberra, they yeah, were amazing. They were all heart and soul. One of the, one of the biggest reasons people don't realize one of the biggest reasons I hate Newcastle um, isn't because I live here and I don't support them. It's because you know playing footy at younger. I've seen a lot of kids that should have got opportunities at the Knights that didn't get given opportunities because. Newcastle don't really appreciate what they've got in their own backyard. Uh, even looking at that Knights team, there's not that many local juniors in there. There was Tom Starling, um, Zach Wolford, not a junior, but he has obviously played at Newcastle. Hudson Young, uh, Joseph Tarpany, and Passaman Sai. That, yeah, yep. They're all juniors of the area playing for Canberra. And they lifted, obviously. And they were their best players. Did. Yeah, exactly right. So, um, took a place. Yeah, it's yeah. I took well, the missing the badge after he scored the try. Yeah, yeah, Thompson. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, but like I said, I said this to Jeremy at the game. I said I don't. And this was a, what was it? At Twenty-eight all probably more. I said I don't care who wins this game. I don't think they can win next week because they were fucking belting the shit out of each other. Like it was an aggressive game of football. It was a good game of football to watch as a neutral. Um, I was just a bit disappointed that. The game ended with a penalty, and he was offside. There's no doubt he was offside. Oh, uh, massive! But so was Tyson Gamble off the field goal attempts by Jamal Fogarty, and it's something that happens every week. Um, and so was Keary on the uh, the the Roosters charge down in the Sharks game. Correct. Like, yeah, it's something that happens every week. But if we're going to re- referee the game by the rule books, um, it needs to obviously be called up. You can't just pick and choose because I can guarantee this much. He would Especially not have had the, the balls to blow that. He would not have had the balls to blow that penalty at Canberra. Uh, I want to try score because the game deserved to try. I yeah. think what happened there though was he got himself sort of backed into a corner. The referee because he originally said six to go, and because there was a mistake in that same play by the Knights, he had to, he had no other choice but to call it a penalty in the end. So. It was kind of like it wasn't like he said penalty straight away. It was the fact that there was an infringement in the same play that his sort of hand was forced. But one thing on the Knights, and, and I obviously said sort of a bit of mine already about them and the fact that they kept the Knights in it, but uh, the, the Raiders in it. I thought the Raiders played exactly how we all knew the Raiders would come out and play. And I sort of, I think if anything, I know O'Brien hasn't had any pressure on him because of the win streak, but. In the back of my mind, I sort of question that, and I say to Adam O'Brien, sort of, where was your go-to, your plan about this? Because you knew what the Raiders were going to throw at you. You had all week to plan it and maybe change it and put some other players on who would be able to fight fire with fire, but you sort of didn't, and you allowed them to get on the front foot early, which 
in finals, we all know he's dangerous. And I think you're lucky that, that Ponga decided to switch it on and, and go see you later a few times and got, got the Knights out of trouble there. But that could have easily, that game stayed with the Raiders. And if it wasn't for Jack Whiten's biting incident, which I reckon Ricky privately would probably be fuming over because, as you've all said now, it literally changed the momentum. The Raiders probably go on and win that game if that biting incident didn't happen because the Raiders were successfully we were successful with getting the Knights crowd out of it, which was always going to be the hardest part for them. They had finally done it. And then all of a sudden, only like a few minutes into the uh, second half, it's like they were winning the game. You guys were winning the game by 20 and you were still behind by 10 points. So it was, it was a crazy, crazy decision. Just quickly, I want to say as well, the whole Jackson Hastings thing now looks like he's out done for the year. He won't be back. I don't think that's the worst thing though. I think Adam Clune was quite, a good option there for the last few weeks and has really balanced the side well and probably really been a good foil for Ponga to do what he does. So I don't think it's all all over there for the Knights. I think they it's going to be hard, but they can go over there and do a job against the Warriors. But let's quickly talk about Jack Biton. Before you go to Hungry Jack, <laughs> um, Jackson Hastings going out of the game won Newcastle a game because – Ponga yeah. wasn't involved in the first half, um, and he was obviously injured. You could see he was obviously injured. He wasn't really uh, grade one carry on as we gave him yeah. live. Hastings, yeah, the fact he got up, yeah, uh, but Ponga he wasn't getting involved obviously with that injury. The fact he was kind of forced, and look, I would say this too from Adam O'Brien's pretty genius. Um, obviously, Kurt Mann, like we all thought he put Crosland a five eight man hooker or something, but he obviously, mm. you know, Mann was kind of defensively playing as a 5'8", and Ponga was playing as the 5'8", and it got Ponga in the game, um, and it was pretty genius. Yeah. If Hastings goes off – sorry, if Hastings stays on the field, I don't think Newcastle win that game. They scored 24 points without their main halfback on the field. Um, it's probably why they've been playing better football with Clune there because it gives Ponga a bit of control to him, and similar to what we spoke about Hines, um, Ponga wasn't a 5'8". He's on $1.4 million. He needs to earn that money, and he kind of needs to be controlling that team, and he did, and that's the reason they won the game. Yeah, yep. Uh, let's talk about Jack Biden. We said it single-handedly changed the game for for the Raiders, but the fact that he was able to stay on the field, do we agree with that? Should it be a sin being send off or report was fine? You go first. You know my opinion. Uh, oh, look, it's hard because obviously it was against the Knights, and I'm a passionate Knights fan. But I just think Proctor was sent off. Um, there was clear bite marks on his. On his arm. The NRLW, NRLW she was sent off as well the other week. So. Yep, the NRLW she was sent off. So was it because it was a semi-final that he didn't get yep. sent off? Um, it was just, it was bizarre. Like we, the crowd didn't know what was going on. We thought there was an injury. And then they showed on the big screen him biting his arm and then they zoomed in on Gamble's wrist. Everyone was like, clear, clear indentation. <laughs> and we all went, oh, well, he's gone. Like even the Canberra fans in front of us were going, oh, no, he's going to get sent. Like we're going to be down. And he just came over and put him on report. So I just think if they're, if they're consistent about it, unless the rule has changed and they haven't voiced it, um, I thought it was a send-off. I'm trying not to say that as a biased Knights fan. I'm going to let Adam have the final say, so I'll say mine first, is if they had enough time then to go upstairs, they obviously checked it, they went back to Ashley Klein and said, yep, we've seen that there's a bite there, there's clearly marks to his hand or his arm that we were able to see as well, the bite was clearly there, 
how this isn't a send-off, I have absolutely no idea. Now, you can all talk about the fact that the arm shouldn't be up that high in his face, blah, blah, blah. Yep, I get that. But the fact he has gone ahead and bit him, which we know is just an out-and-out no-no, he should have been gone. There is no excuse in the, in the rule book to say he should not have been sent off then. So that is a massive blunder. It's, as you just said, Jez, it's because of semifinals footy. I've got no doubt about that. It's ruled differently. It's ref differently. And they would have just said into his ear, look, semifinals time, let the judiciary deal with it next week. We'll see what happens. Off we go. And it'll be interesting for mine, if the Raiders had gone and won that. Yeah, well, we'll see. I don't know if there'll be much about it. It'd be interesting which club actually defends him at the judiciary if it's going to be Raiders (laughs) or South Sydney. So I don't know who's going to show up. Turn up for him. It'll be, it'll be whatever team he's playing for at the Koori knockout, probably, because if he gets his team, <laughs> yeah. it'll be hard to play that. But look, I've got it a different The view. drum won't be there. I'm, yeah. uh, there's a couple of things I want to look at it as. And first of all, I want to go back to the Kevin Proctor one um, and say the Kevin Proctor one, obviously it was a send-off, but the fallout for that in the six-week suspension I thought was a bit rough. You can't say someone initially intends to bite in that situation. That's where I'm at. I've seen a photo. I've seen a photo of Kurt Mann, and it's when they're on the ground. Now, yeah, hang, hang on, hang on, hang on. Kurt you Mann. guys weren't there. You didn't Mann, hear this sorry. part of what happened. So what, what has actually happened afterwards is Whiten went up to the referee and actually explained to him, he said in his own words, what was I supposed to do when his arm's basically in my mouth? Yeah. So he was basically saying and admitting, I did do Beat it. Him. I've quickly come up with my excuse, though. So... I think he actually knew for sure what he was doing there. Do you think and he's decided, holy shit? Do you think Gamble didn't know what he was doing? Was that he couldn't breathe as well? Remember that yeah. one? Dude, that was Proctor's. Yeah. Do you think Gamble didn't know what he was doing? That's the point I want to make. Is the photo I've seen before? Whiten's mouth's already open. He's got his hand around here, and there's actually pressure on the back of the head from Gamble pushing him down. So he's actually pushing his head. And I've got the photo. We can upload it later. You're saying it that Gamble. Like gutter stomped him onto his own arm. He's essentially pushing his head into his own arm. So I agree. What's he meant to do in that situation? Like the thing I will say is I'm happy that it didn't ruin a good game by being a send-off. Um, but I want these things. There's inconsistency now. There's inconsistency from previous ones, even if you want to look at the NRLW. I'm happy for it to be dealt with at the judiciary. But the question I want to ask is if they declared that it obviously wasn't biting, they put on a report for biting, but they decided not to send him off. Um why wasn't it a high shot? Let's be honest. If you want, if you want, the wasn't the contact the ground, after he was tackled? Yeah, but you still can't. Yeah, it was rubbish. It's, it's, it's rubbish on the face. Then, mm. either way, we missed. So you can pull that up every tackle. Games. That's what I mean. It's, but they've, they've watched this well, back twenty-seven just... times. Yeah, it's, it's what I mean. It's just there's so many inconsistencies, and there's so many inconsistencies when you watch when you watch games as a neutral. You really notice inconsistencies in the game at the moment, um, and that's one of the issues I have with it. I didn't want to be sent off because I didn't want to run a game. As I said, if he was sent off, I wouldn't have had a problem based on the previous stuff. But I, I'm kind of with Jack. Like, what are you meant to do in that situation when the bloke's got the arm around your mouth? Like, even if you're talking, if I'm talking now, my teeth are going into my arm. He wasn't trying to talk, though. He didn't exactly. Like, I understand your logic. I do yeah. understand your logic about not wanting to ruin the game. I do get that. But my whole thing is... Don't do the crime then, and you won't have to do the time. Like, could you imagine the the actual 
fallout from this if the Raiders had went on and won this game knowing that their player should have been sent off with about 38 minutes to go on the, oh, on so the in the I game? So that's Jeremy. It would have been absolutely horrific. I would have hated to see the scenes at Newcastle after the game and stuff, but it would have been toxic as all toxic could get. And I would have actually probably feared for, for the referees and that not that we want anything like that to happen, but it would have been one of those scary sort of scenes because I just, yeah, as I said, I, I said my part and I just don't get how, and, and that's the, for mine, that's where the wrestle has gone too far and the game has let the wrestle go for too long yeah. now. And this is where it's got to. It's get got to this where a player's actually gone out and bit someone and gone, I'm not having this. You're hurting my neck or you're, you're pressuring my neck. I'm, I'm not having this, which you can understand from that point of view. But then the game goes, should go back to themselves and go, well, let this go on for too long. Let's look at ourselves in the mirror and let's fix up this whole wrestle thing because it's clear it's gone too far. It has gone too far for a number of years now. It's not going to fix itself until there's a massive injury that which we've seen, that we've seen in the past with other things that have been canned on the run. So why do we have to wait for an injury to happen? Why can't we just get on the front foot now and go, the wrestler is not good for this game. We want high free-flowing rugby league that's entertaining, which is the best form of rugby league. So let's do what we can to get it done. But anyway, the Knights got it done. Uh, let's, let's, you missed you, you yeah. miss a very important game. I um, just want to highlight too. Uh, first of all, Luke Gibbons... It's nice to hear from you. Um, I usually don't hear from you in September unless you want me to get your finals tickets. So nice to hear from you. Um, but look, finals week two, Jersey flag, uh, Paramount 20 over the Cronulla Shark six in the Jersey flag. Uh, obviously, look, the future's where it's at. We care about, obviously, those young <laughs> It's great to see Paramount come through. And this is the comp that really matters, to be honest. Um, they booked themselves a date next week with South Sydney at Leichhardt Oval. So it's, it's all that matters. Nothing else matters. It's just all about that, obviously. Yep. <laughs> It's unfortunate that the brightest star is actually already going and leaving to another place next year anyway. So the future doesn't matter. We're, we're losing one of the brightest stars. So uh, let's just live for the now at the moment and let's enjoy a little victory hopefully next weekend. But enjoy. We'll be back, I think, probably Wednesday at this stage. We'll have a chat and, and work out the best time frame. But uh, for our live Talking Points show, we'll talk a bit more, obviously, of the fallout of the biting. We'll preview um, the two games coming up. Can't wait. We'll wait. For, let Jez calm down after tonight and have a shower, debrief himself, and we'll come back and just see why the Knights can beat the Warriors. So have a look at the other game as well. And, yeah, there'll be pl- it's rugby league. There'll be more fallout in the next couple of days, plenty more talking points. So, once again, thank you for the support. We do appreciate it. If you haven't already, go and look for the hats. It's available in white and navy blue as well. Enjoy your week, guys. Finals of week one the- was fantastic. Speaking of the merch, I heard you're going to collab with a certain North Queensland player and do some League of Inches celebratory bags, no? <laughs> yes, we'll be, we'll be talking about we'll talk that. about that Wednesday. <laughs> Wednesday. <laughs> this has already gone away too long, this episode, so we will get to that Wednesday. Come on, guys. I meant backpacks. Um, I meant backpacks. <laughs> shout out Val Holmes. Uh, we all know it was a <laughs> Oh, dear.